Hello friends my name is Dev and I am a book reader. We are reading book Tell me a story edited by Ravinder Singh. We are in the story and then the planes came by Sangha Mitra Bose. Let's start the story. What are you doing outside? Why is your hand stretched out? I am waiting for the bombs to fall. Really come back in advance. I take one last look at the starlit sky and follow Ma dutifully into the underground bunker. My dream of seeing bombs falling out of the sky like pretty raindrops remains unfulfilled. Overhead, one can hear a high-pitched whine. The planes are coming. Ma hurries and quickly pushes me down into the bunker. The year was. 1971 we lived we lived in ambala a town on punjab haryana border i had just turned 3 my dad was an officer in the indian army and our home was a whitewashed army bungalow situated alongside several others in a quiet lane in the ambala cantonment a front door with a large jamun tree dominating the grassy patch and a backyard with a chicken coop was my world then i spent my days on the makeshift wooden swing tied to the jamun tree or feeding the little chicks in the coop my mother tells me that i would sometimes wander out of the backyard and into the mustard fields beyond causing much worry i don't have any recollection of doing so i do recall my third birthday though my mother had made a cake in the shape of a doll and we had a small party with my friends from the neighborhood under the jamun tree the memory is one of peace and tranquility all that changed in december in retaliation for what that what they called unnecessary interference in our national matters pakistan launched air strikes against india our prime minister declared war with a massive operation was launched tremors were felt nationwide and ambala was in the middle of it it was close to the army's western command center and chosen by the pakistanis as a strategic target for air strikes overnight the sleepy town became a mystified participant in the juggernaut called war last night baba went away ma did not know that i was awake my eyes open as i lay in the baby cot as saw him wear his uniform and his shoes he even stepped up to my cot and looked at me i closed my eyes and pretended to sleep then he went away ma told us the next morning that baba had gone to war didi and dada asked her a lot of questions they were excited but ma looked worried like when dada does not come home on time i wondered why baba will fight and win good people always do like hansel and gretel burning the bad witch and living happily ever after with their dad the next morning the cantonment was a bed of frenetic activity trenches were being dug up in the lane in front of our house and sandbags and barbed wire was being set in preparation for a sentry post a team from our station workshop arrived home to build an underground bunker 
in the backyard all the houses were to have bunkers and we were to immediately retreat to these when the air strike siren went on the uncles from baba's office came with a big spades and other uh tools they picked up our chicken coops and lined them along the backyard wall the chicks were cheeping loudly so i gave them some corn then i stood there and watched the uncles dig ma had told me not to disturb them soon they had dug a big hole in in the ground ma told us that they were making a bunker for us to live in right now it looked like a big chicken coop then ma called me in for lunch and a nap when i went out in the evening the hole was gone there was a grass there instead i asked didi where the hole was and she laughed then she took my hand and led me to the grass it seemed to be covered by a tent like cloth didi flipped up the edge of the cloth oh there were secret steps going down we climbed down and saw a big room mai and sukhbir bhaiya followed us they were ca- they were carrying mattresses pillows blankets and uh, lantern even ma are we going to live here maybe that night as the air siren went off at 9 pm ambala plunged into darkness in accordance with the strict wartime regulations all lights were put on so that the raiding bombers would not be able to sight their targets presumably the army headquarters and the ammunition depots we got up immediately after we finished our dinner and made our way to the underground bunker the kids were quite excited as was the dog she could smell adventure a mile away settling in with biscuits and big flask of tea the dogs sparling across our tummies i almost felt grown up for my pre-teen siblings growing up on a fair of commando comics and big lees this was probably a dream come true the excitement tinged and apprehension was palpable in the tiny room meanwhile the planes kept coming we would hear a distinct whir as the bombers flew in this would be followed by a distant st- sounds of explosions as their bomb found hapless targets on the ground i awake suddenly not knowing where i was in the feeble moonlight shining through the entrance of the bunker i could see the sleeping bodies all around me in fact there was one on top of me letting out little canny snores pushing the dog away i got up and stumbled over the others to reach the steps leading to the top i slowly climbed these and stepped out into the moonlight moonlit night there were no lights anywhere except in the sky where a thousand stars twinkled a few red dots could be seen in the dark horizon they were moving steadily coming closer maybe they were coming to drop bombs in eager in anticipation i stretched out my arms wishing them to fall out of the sky and into my tiny waiting hands what are you doing here seeing ma at the bank bunker steps i told her without turning i am waiting for the bombs to fall ma seemed to stand still then she shook herself 
ran out and dragged me into the bunker. Get inside at once, she said. I could not help but sense an underlying tone in her voice, one that I had never heard before. Was it fear, like what I felt when my mother, when my brother told me ghost stories in secret? Anyway, I dutifully followed her into bunker. The dog jumping up, licked my hand in a happy welcome. The morning after would bring news of bomb hits in the town. The air strikes were ceaseless, and as the evening approached, a strange kind of tension would build up within our fam- small family. We would sit around the big radio in the living room and hear nightly updates on the war. My mother heard this with particular concentration. Her brow furrowed, her hands furiously working on her knitting. There were cheers when we took new ground and silence when we lost. More troops were called up as the Indian Army mounted its offensive. Today, Sukhbir Bhaiya did not come home. I waited and waited, sitting on my swing. Maybe he was angry because I laughed at him yesterday. Bhaiya, why are you knitting? Baby, I am knitting a sweater for the soldiers who are fighting the war. Silly bhaiya, only my and aunties knit, men don't knit, they fight, did not you know that? I giggled. Bhaiya smiled but he looked sad. Ma, why was bhaiya not come today? He has been called to fight the war with Baba and other uncles. See, I was right. I told him yesterday that men fight, they don't knit. Ma, when will he return? Sukhbir was our batman, my dad's man, Friday and a willing partner in three-year-old exploits. He would pluck jamans for me, sit cross-legged so that I could line up my dolls on his lap and then sing lullabies. He would push my swing so high that I could almost touch the leaves of jamun tree. So his departure made a big difference to my small universe. I had no one to play with anymore. My mother had no time for me as she busied herself with the other army wives in a massive knitting operation. In a race against time, the ladies knitted a large number of sweaters, caps and mufflers for our soldiers battling the bitter North Indian winter. With the school shut for the winter holidays, the children in the lane had all the time to play with their games, took on distinct war flavor. Red Indians, commandos and the expected India versus Pakistan war games were replayed with equivalent passion on the grassy knoll at the end of the lane. I was not allowed to go out those days, but standing at the gate would give me a bird's eye view to all went on. I pressed my nose to the cold bars of the gate and peeped to the na- to the right. I can see the jeep and the children standing around it. These red ribbons are visible from afar. An uncle in uniform, pretty much like Baba's, stands talking to them. They are pointing here and there. I wish I was allowed to go out and join them. The group now walks closure up to our front gate. There, there, says Dada urgently. We are playing there and the bagger walked up to us with our ball. 
Why are you bachchas inside that trench? He asked. What is this for anyway? Is it a drain? And what did you boys tell him? The uncle asked, sounding angry. We said it was a trench for our soldiers to protect us from the Pakistanis. Dada's friend pipes in. I can see Dada giving him a fierce stare, almost willing him to be quiet. Well, if you see him again, please tell your mother and ask her to call me at the station headquarters. The uncle says his tone gentler now. The espionage scare was one that I recall clearly. Suddenly, we had begun to see many beggars in the lane, dirty, raggedy chaps who sat in the shade of the bungalow walls in stark contrast to the whitewashed orderliness of the army controlment. One of them had spoken to the children, asking them about the trenches. Then the officer came one day and questioned the children. It turned out that the beggars may have been Pakistani spies trying to uncover important security information. This was a strategy adopted at both ends. The Indian Army having done similar cloak and dagger stuff in erstwhile East Pakistan, now Bangladesh, prior to the war. In fact, when I grew older, I was told that one of my father's colleague, a tall, smart gentleman, worked as cobbler for many months in Dhaka, collecting a crucial espionage information. In any case, it was additional fodder for the imaginative minds of the children. And then the war ended. With the declaration of ceasefire, the war fair came to a sudden stop. Troops and officers started returning home. We would see the olive green jeeps rolling down our lane, dropping off familiar faces at each gate. My dad was one of these. My mother lay down her knitting and started smiling again. My siblings got ready to go to school once more and Ambala got its lights back. Today Shukbir Bhaiya came back. He picked up me up and swung me high. He even got some burfi for me. I am really happy to see him back. He has promised to play with me and the dolls later on. After he finishes polishing Baba's shoes, I can't wait. My tiny existence was back to its mundane routine. With the bunker bricked up, we could move the chicken coops back to where they belonged and I could go out for a walk in the lane with my Aya once more. However, something had changed within us. Our family became more closely knit. The experience of war seeming to have been a splash of cold water on our hitro, idyllic existence. I think my parents and siblings would reassess their lives, priorities. Wishlist, I was just happy about Sukhbir Bhaiya coming back. As an adult, I have had occasion to go back to Ambala and have revisited the lane of my childhood. A couple of times, the house still stands. Worse for fear, after 40 years, the garden and the jamun tree seem smaller. Seen though adult eyes, the lane narrower and unpowered, the little grassy knoll at the end of the lane still remains. And I see children playing on it as I used to many years ago. The serene surroundings 
believe the tension and the excitement that had swept us all up many years ago it is almost as if the war never happened i still remain wary of planes thank you